0: Takeoff 2022 is a go presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station. 5 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show. We are live from the Octane Community Studios
1: on this Friday afternoon. Thanks as always for hanging out with us. Maybe you're on your way out of town, up to the mountains, getting away for the weekend, whatever. Thanks for letting us keep you company. Maybe you're on your way down to downtown Phoenix for the D-backs game. Either way, we got you covered. We're here until 6 o'clock. And then of course tomorrow, the red-white practice down at State Farm Stadium, which is sold out, even though the tickets are free. They're they're at capacity. I should let everyone know that our producer, Mitch, who also hosts our Saturday show every weekend here. The one on. who got shorted
2: a Chick-fil-A sandwich today? The one Florida? who
1: got shorted a Chick-fil-A sandwich yesterday. Uh, he will be hosting the Saturday show tomorrow morning from 9 until 11? 11. 11 to 1. Even though you 1, didn't get did your you...
2: sandwich, I absolutely love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <I really loved laughs>
1: He'll be hosting a show from 11 to 1 tomorrow from down at the Red White Practice, right? You'll be down there at State Farm Stadium tomorrow, correct? Yeah, we'll be set up where you guys were on Monday, yep. myself and uh, Cody. So make sure you tune them in tomorrow, or if you're going down there and you get a chance to wave up to the, the area where they're broadcasting from. The Cardinals now, with D.J. Humphreys' contract yes. um, extension, mm-hmm. have, according to the best estimates, about $17 million in cap space. They saved nearly $7 million in cap space by doing this extension with but D.J. Crazy. Humphreys.
2: Guy. You make him the third highest paid offensive lineman of football, and you gain $7 million. Buy
1: now, pay later. So way of the world. Buy now, pay later. What they do with that cap space obviously is of more immediate concern right now. I would like to see them spend it. I think you would too. I would like to see them spend it on a corner because I every time I look at their depth chart at the corner position, I it scares me to death. There's just not enough there. Especially when you hear what Cliff Kingsbury had to say yesterday about Marco Wilson. Yeah. About how he has some work to do and and it's a work in progress, whatever the exact phrasing Cliff was. But then we talk about cap space and we talk about free agency – we think about a story we both saw today at NFL.com in which they listed the best free agents for next year now I still top think 25 yeah top 25 uh, the top 25 free agents now I, I don't think they should give up on this year I think the Cardinals have a chance to be a good team and they can make themselves better by spending some of that cap space now but the positions of interest next year offensive line corners there are some of those available next year in free agency too
2: yeah and, and that's where you kind of look at it and you say okay this year they didn't go out and spend a lot of money. In free agency on, on other players this year. They kind of took care of their own guys. But next year, you've got a, a, a lot of offensive linemen and cornerbacks. Now, whether these guys even make it to free agency or not, we'll see. Quinton Nelson with the Colts, probably not going to make he it to free agency. No. Orlando Brown's playing under the franchise tag this year with Kansas City, 26-year-old tackle. Eric McCoy, the center from New Orleans, good player, only 25 years old, will be a free agent. Elgton Jenkins from the Packers. Packers. He's 26. He'll be a free agent. He's an offensive lineman. You've got cornerbacks James Bradbury and Rocky Sin, you know, who are both going to be free agents. So when you start to look at the top free agents next year, there are quite a few offensive linemen and some pretty good cornerbacks that could hit that market to where, look, if you want to spend money on one player and and, and go big on a position, that you'll have that opportunity, especially if these guys hit. Now, a lot of it depends on how they play this year, but a lot of guys who aren't on the this list right now
1: and be surprised if a couple of guys play really really well and work their way into this list I think there's some positions offensive line in particular where they're going to have to spend some money next year because yeah. th- it's just such a <sighs> Rodney Hudson Maybe slash probably going to retire next year. Justin Pugh, maybe slash probably going to retire. No idea if Beecham's going to be back. No idea if Will Hernand, Will Hernandez hasn't played one down yet in a Cardinals no, uniform. On a one
2: year deal, and, and no idea if he's three years old. And you know, Justin contemplated retirement a little bit this year. Hudson obviously contemplated retirement. You got to replenish that offensive line. I asked you earlier, you know, what positions of more value to you in free agency? If you just have D J Humphreys back, is it guard? Is is it center, is it right tackle? You thought right tackle was of the most
1: importance. I had right tackle first, center a very close second, guards third, and I had guard one. Who do you have second? Center, okay. Because I've got the one
2: great tackle. I've got the one great tackle, and I can always have if I'm weak. I can always put a tight end over there to help. I can, but I, I the guard like you've got to have good guards to run. Like if you have weak guard, you got to have good guards to run the football. So to me, I, you know
1: guard would be number one. If they lose their two guards, the, you've got to go out and get a good guard. I mean, look, it, it's there's they're going to have to spend money on somebody next year because I have no idea what that offensive line is going to look like. You could make the argument, and we've talked about this briefly in the past, that every single draft pick they have next year, they should spend on either an offensive lineman or a corner. And that's like all they should draft is just those because they don't have any of those. I mean, they've, they've got them, but they don't have – who's the great young corner in the system who's going to be the star?
2: You're not drafting a wide receiver. You're not going to draft a quarterback. You're not going to draft a tight end. You're not going to draft a safety. So you might get to that point where you're right. And that might be the that might be the way to go. It'd be crazy to do, but that's the way you should probably do. Now, now, pass rusher.
1: You could use a pass rusher. You could always use a pass rusher. Right. Yeah. But
2: so to say, but could you go offensive lineman, cornerback, pass rushes the entire draft? Yeah.
1: And that's all you get? Yeah. yeah. I mean, because they they haven't spent a lot of draft capital on offensive line, and they haven't spent a lot of draft capital outside of Murphy on. Corners recently. Marco Wilson was a fourth rounder, if I remember. Murph was obviously the first pick of the second round. Um, but they haven't spent a ton of draft capital on corners over the last couple of years, unless there's somebody I'm forgetting, which is yeah, possible. The who,
2: who was the, the player? Who was the the highlight of training camp that didn't make it? Brandon Williams. Brandon
1: Williams. Yeah. What was he? Third what, third, rounder. third rounder. Converted running back. Right, he was well one. I think one year as a corner at A and M, but before that, he was a running back for like three years at A and M. Look, so it's it's there's a draft and there's free agency. The Cardinals themselves are going to have a ton of free agents next year, and not very many of the restricted variety. They're almost all unrestricted. So there's you're talking about the potential for massive roster turnover for the Cardinals next year, depending on how things go, depending on who they keep and who is kept around the league, and. Looking at these offensive linemen, yeah, I don't know if all of them are going to slip through the cracks. Hopefully, a couple of them do, because that's going to be where the Cardinals are going to need to spend some money, obviously, yeah. not knowing what that line's going to look like look, next you
2: year. You lose J.J. Watt, you lose Justin, you lose Hudson. I mean, you're starting to talking about freeing up a bunch of money, too. So you might be in a position to where now you've got some contract extensions, DJ Humphreys, Kyler Murray, um, you know, you'll probably do Jalen Thompson here, probably Murphy. So you'll have some other things, but you might go into next year with a pretty
1: good, pretty good amount of, you know, money to spend on in free agency if you decide to go that route. Potentially. And, you know, they're going to have to make a big decision about DeAndre Hopkins and redoing that contract. Hollywood Brown. That'll clear up some cap space. Hollywood Brown. They're going to have a big decision to make there at some point in extending him and eating up some of that cap space. Yeah, it's, it's, you look at those lists and normally I would never get that excited. And I'm not that excited now about looking ahead towards a list before the season has even started. But we know there's going to be some holes to fill on this team a year from now, and that's going to be one way they if might. If Rondale it. Moore bursts out and has
2: a great season, could that affect your thought process on bringing both Brown and Hopkins back? Sure, of course. Rondale Moore
1: excels; he proves he could be a number two receiver. Yes, could absolutely, one hundred percent. It, could, it Not saying it will, but if the question is, could it affect your thinking of how you divvy up the money at the wide receiver position? Because now, if better I better believe if I, it could.
2: If I move on from one of those receivers, if I move on from Hopkins, and I keep Hollywood Brown, I sign him, and I've got Rondale Moore, and I've got the two tight ends, and I, you know,
1: I might be able to put that money towards other positions of need. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo, if the Phoenix Suns are to somehow acquire Kevin Durant, at this point, we assume a third team, maybe even a fourth team is going to be necessary to make it work. The trouble is we don't know who those teams would be and it doesn't sound like anyone's in a hurry to help Durant get out of Brooklyn. We'll tell you what we mean next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM
2: Arizona Sports Station Burns and Gambo
1: If you're the Phoenix Suns and you want Kevin Durant bad enough... And the Nets come back to you and say, there's just not enough on your roster to get the deal done. And we believe this is what has transpired between these two teams in the last month or so, while we're all still waiting and wondering if Kevin Durant's going to get here. If you're the Phoenix Suns and you want him badly enough, you go, okay, we don't have enough. Let's go find somebody who does. Let's go loop in a third team. Let's go loop in a fourth team. You know, let's go find somebody else that yep. we can get involved in this deal, right? That's just that's just what How a lot of it gets done. Yeah, sometimes that's how a deal has to get done. Yep, because it's just, that's the only way. Now it's incredibly complicated. It's difficult. Everyone's got to be happy with a deal. Everybody's got to figure out a way to, you know, can you live with this? Are you math's happy got with to that? Work. Yes. The math's got to, Math work. Has to work. That that's a very tricky part of it as well. This is something that I, I don't know if I believe this or not. I don't know if I fully believe this or not. I'm gonna pass along this report to you though, because it might explain in part why nothing has happened yet. Uh, Ian Begley of SNYTV, I believe they're based out of New York, reported that part of the reason why nothing has happened yet is that other teams aren't in a rush to help out a three- or four-team trade for Kevin Durant. Quote, part of the pessimism stemmed from the idea as of last month there was little appetite in the market for teams to serve as a third or fourth team to facilitate a Durant trade. One team remarked, quote, no one wants to help Brooklyn get a deal done. Close quote. Why? I think, I think it's two-fold and maybe even more reasons. I think one of them is a reason you had suggested, and I think one of them is a reason that I had suggested, how convenient it turns out like that. No,
2: because you would think, okay, listen, I'll help you facilitate this trade, and I'll get a future first-round pick. You're going to throw it in for me? Okay. Yeah. Why I, not? I'll help you.
1: I, 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 you would think nobody would have an objection to that, but I think part of the reason might be, and it's just me thinking here, that a team like, okay, if I make it easier for you to get get rid of a guy that shouldn't be even allowed to go in and demand a trade. He's got four years left on his deal. I'm I'm, I'm being complicit in something that might be ruining the NBA. Right? Like like another team almost out of a philosophical difference. Like I understand I'm saying no to something that might help me but man, who's going to be my Kevin Durant five years from now? If I help you get Kevin Durant out of Brooklyn, who's going to be the guy on my roster that is going to want out five years from now? If I help you, it's just, it's a bad look for the NBA, and I don't think Kevin Durant should be asking out of the Brooklyn Nets. I could so tell how some teams might be objecting. So for that.
2: another team is going to be the one that determines. You know what? I don't think Kevin Durant should have to leave the Nets. I mean, it seems odd in some ways. It does. It seems very odd. You know what? I'm not going to help you because I don't think Kevin Durant should leave. He should stay and play for you for four years. The hell's it your business for? Here, I'll give you a first round pick if you help me make this trade. You don't have to do anything. I the
1: first. But there are some people around the league, and I've read enough. God knows, I've read enough stories about this. There are some people anonymously around the league who thinks that Brooklyn has no business giving in to Kevin Durant on this one. Like, almost like they have an obligation to say no to Kevin Durant. Man, he's under contract. He hasn't even started the contract that he signed. He's got four years, and there's no doubt that a
2: lot of people want to prevent super teams, if they can. Nobody wants to be the one that
1: helps a super team be formed. Well, and then to your and the point you made when we talked about this earlier, another reason why somebody might want to prevent this is I don't want Kevin Durant in my division. Yeah, I don't you, want Kevin Durant in my conference. I don't. I'm sure. not going to help that out. Why would I help that out? I'm going to have to deal if, with that guy for
2: five years. If you're somewhat of a contending team, if you feel like I'm going to compete in the next three years, if you're. I don't know, New Orleans or Memphis. You want to help Kevin Durant go to the Suns? Yeah. Help Kevin Durant go to Golden State? If you're in the East, you want to help him go to Miami or Boston? You you're know, if you're, So why would I help him go somewhere that that team's going to be that much better and more formidable sure. for me to have to compete with? Now,
1: I do think most of the teams that would be in a position to help facilitate something like this, man, they're rebuilding for draft picks anyway. It's the Pacers of the world. It's the Spurs of the world. It's the Jazz of the world. Yeah, if you're
2: them, uh, I would are, do that are, in a heartbeat. Are
1: the Spurs going to be good anytime soon that they would object to Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Ons? Tim, no. Tim Duncan's not walking through that door. Nope. Are the Jazz going to be good enough? Anytime soon that they would stand in the way of a deal that would put Kevin Durant in a Phoenix Suns uniform? No, no, no they, they're, they're not going to be good anytime soon. They're they're undergoing a massive rebuild in those markets. They don't care. Yeah, because teams are smart. They, they look. There's a lot of dynasties in the NBA. If a
2: team's good, there's a good like there's a chance it can be good for a few years. So you wait, Golden State out. You wait them out. You wait out the, the Clippers starting to get old with Kawhi and Paul George. The Golden State with their three guys. There's Chris Paul with the Suns. You wait it out a little bit. You'll have other teams. New Orleans will become formidable. Memphis will become affordable.
1: But you wait out some of the teams that you feel like you can't beat right now. Yeah, and and you'll wait them out and see what happens with that. I, at the end of the day, I think for one of these facilitators, a third team, a fourth team, you sweeten the pot with enough draft picks. You sweeten the pot with enough. They'll get involved. They'll 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 be like, okay, what what I'm going to get? What two extra first round picks if I help you out with this? You know, I, I'm going to say no to that. What do I care if? Okay, what do I care if Kevin Durant leaves Brooklyn? You know? What what do I care if he goes to the Phoenix Suns? I'm in a rebuilding mode and I need all the first round picks I can sure. get. I need assets. I need assets. I'm not going to stand in the way of your deal. Speaking of three team deals, um, this was a rumor that was making the rounds earlier today around the NBA and um, it's big, it's a whopper. It's actually a report, too. It, it, yes, it's not it's not a suggestion. It's a report that this was being discussed According to a report by Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype, the Lakers, Knicks, and Jazz discussed a three-team trade that would have sent Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, would have sent Russell Westbrook to the Jazz to be bought out, and there would have been a bunch of picks going to Utah as part of the deal as well. According to the report, proposed three-team trade, Westbrook to the Jazz to get bought out, Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, a combination. Of other players, including Pat Bev or Jordan Clarkson, maybe Boyan Bogdanovich, something like two of those three guys going to the Lakers, and then the Jazz for all their troubles would get significant draft capital from all involved. Yeah, the report's
2: garbage. <laughs> it's not true. None of what's being written in there is true. I mean, none of it is true. I mean, you can see where well, one of those teams, probably the Knicks or the Lakers, floated that out there because it looks really good for them. Um, but it's 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 not true. The Jazz are obviously trying to see what the value is of Donovan Mitchell, but um, you know they're not getting Russell Westbrook. They're probably not even going to trade Donovan Mitchell. But that discussion that that discussion never happened. Okay, that, that that and this stuff happens. There's so much stuff that's just garbage out there. There really is. And you know a lot of times I you know I'll check on this and I'll call the teams themselves and I'll, I'll call the, you know, the, the, the I'll call these teams like man, I, there's nothing. No, we didn't. Discuss Discuss that no where does this stuff come from well it's obviously one team trying to put it out there and some reporter falling for it and then putting it out there and it's just not true it's just it's just not true there was never a
1: discussion between the three three teams and there's no chance of that actually happening it is from the Lakers standpoint especially with them trying to sign LeBron James to that extension getting Russell Westbrook the heck out of Dodge is gonna be a major thing on their to-do list right I mean that that's got to be even though it was LeBron's idea to get him there in the first place, I would imagine that part of their efforts to re sign LeBron James might hinge on the idea of whether they can get Westbrook out of town. Now, that's going to be way easier said than done. I acknowledge that. I do think that the Jazz might be a little bit, though, and not specific to this rumor, but just in general, that the Jazz might be a little bit of a victim of their own success in the Gobert trade. Sure. They got sure. such a haul for Gobert. Yeah. Mitchell's a better player than Gobert. I mean, at least a more current player in today's NBA. That if they want more. Than what they got for Gobert, they might be a victim of their own success. They might have a hard time getting more for Mitchell than they got for Gobert because they got so damn much for Gobert when it was said. They're probably that. not going to trade Donovan Mitchell, but clearly they're going to check out what the
2: what's the value. What is the value of this? I remember when when um, who is the G, who is the GM here with Upton, um, Kevin Harris. Kevin Tower yeah, Kevin KT, Kevin Towers yeah when Kevin Towers got here said so let me just go throw out Justin Upton and see what the value is just want to see what I can get for Justin Upton look eventually they traded him and I think eventually Utah may trade Donovan Mitchell but right now they're just trying to see what is the value of Donovan Mitchell they know the Knicks want him really badly and I'm sure they'd like to see what they could get for him but they're not taking Russell Westbrook back and then waving Russell Westbrook so that trade is just not going to happen and it's it's hard to, it is hard to satisfy every team when you start to get involved in the- these three or four team deals
1: because there's just there's a lot at stake and there's a lot of math that has to make it work when we come back on the burns and gambo show as expected the arizona cardinals reacted and responded to the james saxon story yet another story that has kind of plagued the cardinals this offseason we will give you the latest next on the burns and
0: gambo show Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing, Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station the big story and
1: the big story for the last 2 weeks for the Arizona Cardinals has really had very little to do with what's going on on the field. Uh, we jokingly you jokingly earlier tried to run through all of the positives that have happened since they reported to training camp because it seems like all we've done so far is talk about the negatives because there have been an awful lot of negatives since training camp started for the Cardinals. Between the homework clause, the taking out of the homework clause, Hollywood Brown going 126 miles per hour in a 65-mile-per-hour zone, nice. uh, and now the James Saxon stuff. Yeah, there's been positive stuff, of course. DJ Humphreys, the Kyler extension at its core is a positive because he got extended. He got the contract, and at least that part's done. The new helmets, Isaiah Simmons. I mean, there's been good find stuff those that we've talked burns, about, he, well, Find the positive you, 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 Let's were the, go. you were the one on the on the, 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 the treasure hunt for the positives, not me. I was yeah, giving right. you the Friday at 5.30, man. I don't need any more negatives. Let's go. Well, Give me some positives. Well, unfortunately, the negatives are a Outweighing story. the positives? Well, they're, the, yeah, they're kind of dominating the news. The last two days, it was Hollywood Brown going 126. And then yesterday and again today, the news about James Saxon, the assistant coach, the running backs coach, who um, was charged with two counts of debate. Domestic battery on May 25th in Indianapolis for an alleged incident on May 7th. Uh, he was, according to the story on ESPN.com, an issue. A warrant was issued for his arrest on May 25th, but then it was recalled about a week and a half later. His case is in a holding pattern until August 25th. Today. The Arizona Cardinals put him on administrative leave. They sent out a statement. We are aware of the incident. Notified the NFL is required. The matter is currently under review pursuant to the league's policy. After consultation with the league office, James has been placed on paid administrative leave. We will have no further comment pending additional proceedings. Now, Cliff today made the announcement that his running back's coach is on leave. Yeah, he's been placed on administrative leave. I know. Um, We just released a statement on it. And that's really what I have on it at this time. Then he was asked the question, did you know about it back in May? Because it's August now. Now you're doing something about it. But did you know about this when this happened in May? Cliff said yes.
2: We knew when it happened. Which, again, to me is, okay, you knew about it, you informed the NFL about it, and he doesn't get put on administrative leave until it becomes public? Why did it take so long for him to be put on administrative leave? Why did they wait till it became a public story right. before they said, okay, he's on administrative leave, he can't be there? Like why I I, I, why didn't it happen a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago why didn't it happen right after the everybody was informed
1: about it i've since come to understand and I don 't know if this is going to answer your question or not. I think it's just going to shift the question to somebody else okay but what I've come to understand since then that when a moment like this happens it's the team's responsibility to notify the NFL and then it's up to and at, the Cardinals did that and at that point. Anything that happens after that is up to the NFL, not the team. So the team can't punish the player on their own? the, The NFL basically, okay, we got it. We'll, we'll handle it from here. And at that point, it becomes a league issue and not a team issue. So, a Michael league Bidwell, decision. so, Mi-
2: so if Michael Bidwell says, you know what, I can- if it's possible that this guy beat up on a woman, I can't have him coaching. I- he doesn't have the ability
1: to say, from, I'm sidelining you. From what I understand, it becomes a league decision and not a team decision at that point. Even yes. though he's employed by the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, he's also technically employed by the NFL. So, yes, I mean, mean, that's interesting. I mean, I'm not saying
2: I'm not. not, I just think that it's crazy that they waited until it became a public story to put him on administrative leave. I mean. You, if you knew about it from when it happened, he should have been, He should, and I think we can all agree on this, he should have been put on administrative line. I said it yesterday. Pay him, but sideline him until you figure out what really happened. Yeah. Because you cannot and you should not have a guy. That that uh, allegedly beat up on a woman, leading a group of young men. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have that guy. You should not. He should not be leading a group of young men if he's a guy that beat up on a woman. Now it's allegedly, you know, so, but that's why I'm saying you sideline him, pay him until you figure out if it's true or not. Yeah. But I am. I am. A, I'm, I'm surprised if that's the that's the case. That the NFL was in charge of this. Why would the NFL wait until today to say, hey, you know what? Was
1: it the story got out? Hey, the, that story got out on that cardinal coach. We got to sideline them. Hey, put them on the sidelines. Yeah. Well I you know what to and, and along those lines, I just found the story on Pro Football Talk about this. And and I had I had heard about this from somebody within the organization before I read the story on Pro Football Talk. But to to try to answer your question, and again I don't know if this will um, but they kind of back up the same notion, that it's it, the, the team tells the league, the league then basically takes it over, and it's, it's up to them, not the team, to decide what to do about the coach or the player in that moment. And what they wrote on Pro Football Talk, you tell me if this makes any sense to you or not, the league didn't want to create a story out of the Saxon arrest when no such story existed. If he had been put on administrative leave in the moment... What a cop-out. Well, I... I I'm just saying that's what you're saying. That. Read that again. The league didn't want to create a story out of the Saxon arrest when no such story existed. If he'd been placed on administrative leave at the time, somebody would have asked, hey, where's Coach Saxon? What the hell? By deliberately waiting, no one knew, which, which then kept the league from having to deal with a negative story about a coach being charged with domestic battery. I mean, it, it, that's a joke. I mean, that is an absolute, that's an absolute joke. We're not going to put an administrative
2: leave because we don't want the story to get out. Oh, the story got out anyway. Of course. So now how stupid was, do you look? It
1: was always going to get out. Right.
2: So like, what it you, was you always bur- going to get out. You buried it because you were afraid. That is unbelievable what you're saying to me. right? I almost can't believe that that's true. We decide, we didn't want to make a story out of it. So we just let him coach. But then the story comes out. You're sidelined. What a joke the NFL is! If that's true, that is an absolute joke. We didn't want to create a story out of it, so we, we 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 swept it under the rug and we let him continue to coach and lead young men when it's possible that he beat up on a woman in front of children by knocking her into a garage door or knocking her on her ass on a garage door. Allegedly, this is what the woman says happened, mm-hmm. but we don't want a story. We don't want a story to come out of this, so we're not going to say anything because we don't. Because if we do, then they'll store. store the story came out anyway. Of course. story's going to come out. story was going to come out. That story's going to come all, out.
1: All you do is, by putting him in on administrative leave back in May, is you accelerate the timeline for the story coming out. Because as soon as he's not there, people are going to try to figure out why do he's the right not thing. there. How about just do the right thing? Well, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not saying I, you. I'm, I'm, saying I'm not arguing the NFL's case here. Yeah. I mean, don't don't, but I'm saying you, don't yell about, at me. I'm not I'm arguing just, the just, NFL's I, case. I just can't believe the NFL did that. How about the NFL does I, the right I'm thing? I'm just telling you what happened, man. What's the right thing to do? The right thing to do would have been to have put him on administrative leave from the minute they knew this happened right do the right thing
2: NFL of just course. do the right thing but
1: I think it's important to note that this is now and always has been an NFL issue and not a cardinal issue like this is there was an NFL decision not to do anything not a cardinal decision
2: we didn't we didn't we didn't put them on administrative leave because if we did then you guys would have known it and you would have put a student then you would have figured it out and you, you there would have been a story about it the story came out anyway do the right thing.
1: How's that uh, positive vibe Friday going for you? The NFL ruined that for me right now.
2: <laughs> you, might, you might be ruining it for a lot of people. Like, and all this negativity that's in this town sucks. <laughs> I'll be having a nice ribeye steak in about Man, an hour. Seriously. Seriously. So much for that positive Friday vibe, Gambo, was trying to foist on the people. I, I just, I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm dumbfounded by what you just read to me. The uh... NFL didn't want to... Put him, put him on the sidelines because then people would have realized it and they would have done a story on it. And the story was going to get out it anyway. It's domestic violence, and the guy got arrested. Like
1: this, there, there, there is a significant amount of hypocrisy in that. I'll give you that. Wow, I'll give you that. Wow. Do you need something to cheer you up? You got something to share, me? No, up? I don't have a thing. I just, but I'll go look for something.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what it'll take. I don't, I don't have anything in front Every of me. But if, I've ever met wants to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. Mitch goes through the audio files and he plays cuts of me. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat me? Uh, that was a little out of context. That was Gambo quoting Pink Floyd's "The Wall." What else? I'm not really him? good speaker. I talk for a living. Yeah, that's perfectly in context. That's Gambo every day. One more? Give me one more just for fun. Star Lord. Who? (laughs) (laughs) Starbacker.
0: Star-Lord, oh, Star- man. Legendary outlaw.
1: <laughs> All right. That's good. That put me in a better mood. You you, you cheered up now? You good? Sure. You okay? No, you're sure. not. No, you, fine. Just, you just can't wait to go home now at this time. No, point. I just <laughs> can't,
2: can't believe that. I, I just can't believe that the NFL actually said that. That That's what they really did. Some I just people like that.
1: eggs over easy. Some people like eggs on their face. It's just a taste thing. <laughs> I guess so. When we come back. It No sense. It's Uh, just so dumb. On the Burns and Gambo Show, Diamondbacks back at home tonight. And when the game is close close in the ninth, it probably won't be Mark Melanson closing it out. A change we need to tell you about with the Diamondbacks next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The
0: home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck. Brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72 soulcom And by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Grilled Cheese Double Burger. For a limited time, only at Sonic.
1: Alright, Diamondbacks baseball coming up right after we get off the air here on the Burns and Gambo show taking on the Colorado Rockies. Diamondbacks are back after their Road trip, opening up this home stand tonight against their division rival. And your pitching matchup for tonight's game coming up here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Herman Marquez going for the Rockies. The righty is six and nine with a five two nine ERA. Madison Bumgarner getting the start for the Diamondbacks. The lefty a six and ten, three point eight three ERA. His last start out, his last time out, I should say, against Atlanta. Not so hot. Gave up four earned runs, five total eight hits in six innings he took yeah, the loss. And,
2: and this is a good Colorado offense I mean they're you know they, they play in a obviously
1: very hitter friendly ballpark
2: but they're ninth in runs scored their second in batting average um, you know they're, they're good like they're a, they're a pretty good offensive team when you look at their hitting numbers it's just their pitching that is so bad their pitching is just terrible team ERA about five so that's where they really struggle they struggle
1: because they just can't get outs It has been a struggle for them in that regard. And, of course, for the Diamondbacks, the road trip was a struggle for them as well. Getting swept by the Atlanta Braves last weekend, dropping two of three to Cleveland in the middle of all that was the trade deadline. And part of their struggles could be traced to the season-long struggles of Mark Melanson, their closer, who I believe has already set the record for losses by a Diamondbacks relief pitcher in a season. We still have two months to go. We had Tory on our show earlier today, and you pressed him pretty good, pretty hard, about whether there was going to be a change at the closer the closer's position. And at the time, he said no, but he also kind of hinted that it was a fluid situation, and we very much got the impression that maybe a change was coming. He just had yet to talk to the players about it. Well, about an hour after he was on the radio with us, he met with the general media, and he said, yes, there is a change.
2: I've uh, made an adjustment to that um, uh, after, you know, Thinking it through, getting a lot of opinions on from different guys and and you know the inner circle of great coaching that we have. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go with the committee. We're gonna back into a situation where we don't have one closer at this point. Um, had a discussion with Mark about um, you know making this move and. He understood. He didn't necessarily like it, but he understood for the good of the team, if it was a decision that, um, that I was making, that he was going to support it. So, um, so for right now, it'll be a fluid situation. Uh, who will be um, will be undetermined. It'll be mostly matchup based. Look, I wouldn't match. I wouldn't want him pitching for the sod poodles right now. The way he's gone this year, he just likes saying sod. Poodles. I do. I really like saying the sod poodles. Ian Kennedy needs to be the closer. I mean, that's just it. He had a, you know, they, they had a game against Cleveland, the second game of the series. They won it. They had a three-run lead in the ninth. Kennedy came in, closed the door. Ian Kennedy should be the closer. Melanson well, just had. He's had a. He's had a. He's had a. He's had a poor
1: year overall. If you're going to truly go committee here, you, it, some nights it could be Ian Kennedy, some nights it could be Joe Mansupply Some nights it could be Kyle Nelson. He's rocking a 1.57 yeah, ERA. Sure. I mean, you, it doesn't just, I mean, because he he didn't say it was a straight switch. He said it was closer by committee, so I would imagine you know, Mancipli, if you want a lefty out there instead of Kennedy, I mean, you just kind of play it based off of the matchups. But it's not going to be Mark Melanson. And, and again, when Tory was on with us earlier, we after you got done pushing him a little bit on this one, it was pretty clear that, that he was thinking, you ask him point blank, you know, it's a it's a a, a safe situation tonight. 2-1 game, 9-1 one one game. Who, who's closing for you? And just his answer to that question let us both know that he was thinking about doing something different. Yeah,
2: and then once we said, hey, are you considering Ian Kennedy? He said, we are. Okay, then you knew. You knew that they, they obviously were looking to make a change at the closer spot because Melanson's just not getting Getting the job done. Is he under consideration right now to be the closer? Yes, he is. And that was the Ian Kennedy. Question. That was the Ian, is Kennedy Ian Kennedy question. under consideration yeah. to be the closer. He said, "Yes, he is." So yeah, the you know, you know, we we just had we had to press Tory three, four times to get him to finally give us you know give us the indication that something was going on and Melanson's not going to be the closer anymore. But eventually, we were able to get that answer. I, and, out and,
1: of if, him. and if memory serves, I didn't go back and look this up. Melanson's struggles aren't even necessarily not in save situation. situations. It's when he comes into the game in a non-save situation that's where he's just run into all heaps of trouble. Uh, and and so for him in the save situations and the numbers I'm looking at right now I don't know how many blown he's got 14 saves on the season I, don't, I think he's got three blown saves on the year maybe four but he's got the 10 losses and, and anybody who's watched this team knows it's not it's not the save situations necessarily it's the tie ball game okay, but you the,
2: get in the ten, but but the baseball's changed you get into the 10th inning and you're the home team you want your closer to get out go out there close oh. the door in the 10th so you can win the game in the bottom of
1: the inning I'm not trying to defend. Him. I'm just trying yeah. to point out the differences between it hasn't been the save situations that have that have caused him the problem. So that change happens there. Also, I should point out, today, Tory announced that uh, Humberto Castellanos will be having Tommy John surgery. He was the fifth starter for the team for basically the first two months of the season yes. and then ultimately was replaced. So that announcement came down today as well. Your MLB standings, they are driven by trucks only. The Valley number one independent dealer and home of the Lifetime Engine Warranty. Starting play today, these two teams are in a neck-and-neck battle for last place in the National League West. The Diamondbacks, 45-57. and 57. The Rockies, 46-58. and 58. They're basically percentage points. They're in a tie for dead last in the division. 24 games out of first place. Trying to avoid being in last place, the Diamondbacks are. And then on the farm, since Gambo mentioned the Sod Poodles earlier, has brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. Tonight, the Diamondbacks affiliates that are in action. The Amarillo Sod Poodles, we already mentioned them. They're already in action and they're playing Frisco. They're tied 1-1. Visalia is taking on Lake Elsinore tonight. The Reno Aces are in Vegas. And the Hillsboro Hops are taking on Everett tonight. Of course, as we look at the, the minor league report, as we get a little closer, we'll be keeping an eye on Reno. We'll be keeping an eye on Corbin Carroll. We'll be Looking at his numbers, the new number one prospect in all of baseball, according to Keith Law, and whether he'll make his way to the big league club at some point this season. They got a team called the Hops, yeah, for like beer. Yeah, yeah. Their logo hops. is actually the hops that you would put in beer. Yeah, awesome. That's so cool. It's, it's it might even be better cool than names. the Sod Poodles, to be honest with you. The Hillsboro Hops. That that is that is cool stuff. Let's get you a key to tonight's game.
0: Listen, man, I need you to be the keymaster. I am the keymaster. Yay! d-backs keys to the game presented by mist america home of the patented mist 360 outdoor cooling system visit mistamerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow
2: i'm going to take an assist here from the d-backs facts and stats uh, twitter page Christian Walker has eight home runs on pitches of 95 miles per hour or greater this season. Season That's tied for second most in Major League Baseball. Today's starting pitcher for Colorado, Hermen Marquez, has allowed eight home runs on pitches of 95 miles per hour or greater this season. That is the third most. So there's your key matchup tonight. Christian Walker's ability to hit home runs on pitches of 95 miles per hour or more. And Marquez His ability to give up home runs on 95 miles per hour or more pitches. You calling
1: your shot? Yeah, why not? Why not? We'll go for (laughs) it. No one's going to remember on Monday whether I said it or not. Sure. Christian Walker hits a home run tonight. Gambo. You heard it here first. We're out of here. We'll see you Monday, 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone.